All right, Wayne Bettis here, the founder of the Off The Tools podcast. I just want to introduce you to our brand new sponsor, directplumbingsupplies.com. It is founded by a former tradesman who has set up his own plumbing and heating merchants. He has an online shop, which is obviously at directplumbingsupplies.com, and he delivers across the UK. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to the next installment of the Trades Growth Summit. Today, I am joined by an absolute legend of the plumbing and heating industry. Not only does he run a plumbing and heating business, he's a fixed radio host and a social media giant in the industry. Mr. Andy Cam, welcome to the Trade Growth Summit. How you doing, Wayne? You all right, mate? Nice to hear from you again. Yeah, good. It's lovely to speak to you, and I I really appreciate you taking the time out to... uh, support this trade growth summit with raising money for help for heroes which obviously is a is a very good course so thank you very much for contributing your time knowledge and expertise to to the uh, program that we're doing at the moment um so let, let's let's kick this straight off you know um yeah. so within the plumbing and heating industry a lot of people will know you but this is going out across the uk you know to tradesmen and women from all different backgrounds can we just get a little bit of a introduction to sort of who Andy Cam is? Do you know where you've come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, no problem. That's fine. Uh, basically, I'm Andy Cam. I've been a plumber now for uh, 42 years. I've uh, I've had my own business now for 32 years. So yeah, that's that's sort of the background of where I come from. Um, started back in 1979, I think it was. Um, at college, did five years at college, uh, then went off working for lots of other companies doing central heating mostly, um, just contracting, doing that kind of stuff. And then worked up to, I think it was 1990, I started my own business. Um, so yeah, that's basically who I am and what I've, what I've been up to over the last uh, four decades. <laughs> yeah, wow, four decades in the industry, eh? Uh, yeah, I'm, right, yeah. I'm, I'm only halfway there at the moment, 20 for me, so 20 years. Um, so back then, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you went through what back then was a traditional route through a, a, a long apprenticeship. Would that be right? Yeah, I mean, it was called City and Guilds back in the day. I mean, just before me, about maybe four or five years before that, they were called indentured plumbers. And so, if you were an indentured plumber back in the day, this was even before my time went. So you can't have a go at me for this one for being old. But what they used to have to do is that somebody would say that they would be uh, an indentured plumber, which means you're an apprentice. So somebody would take you on. And that meant if if times turned hard, i.e. your mum and dad died, yeah, that person would look after you. They were they were sent to look after you. And it was like, that's a weird way from there. But then obviously passed a few years and then that's where I came. So City and Guilds, we did three years for your City and Guilds course and then another year and a half, which was called Advanced Craft. So we did that. I mean, we started off, I think there was um, 45 in our class, and that was day release. So you used to go one day and two nights a week for three years. And then we went uh, another year and a half for advanced craft. And I think when we finished the advanced craft, there was three of us left on the course. So um, a lot of them had just done the three years and then gone off to do their plumbing courses as plumbers. But we carried on and just, uh, I don't know, really... Um, I don't think it led to much, but it could lead you into things like if you wanted to be a teacher, it would take a year off your course and that kind of stuff. So uh, there were a lot of other 
other things that it could lead into. So that's the reason why I did it. Um, so yeah, that's what I that's where I started. So, um, so back back in the old days, I'm going to call it was there yeah. was a lot of it sort of like barrel work, iron, lead work, and that was that a big part. To be honest of with you, I think I was just on the end of the lead work. So I was taught how to wipe lead joints, but only onto copper. So okay. we used to wipe a lot of lead joints onto copper because that was the only way back in those days of connecting copper to lead. And obviously there was a lot of lead in people's properties. People didn't want to just rip it all out and put all new copper in. So we used to have to join on here and there. And so back in the early 80s, um, that was the, the way that we used to do it. And then, of course, back in the early 80s, there was the copper shortage. So there wasn't a lot of copper. Um, so they went down to the thin-walled copper. I think it was called Table X, I think, I'm not sure. And it was really thin. You couldn't bend it. You had to anneal it, which was heated up with a blow lamp and bend it with a spring because there were no pipe benders back in those days. Uh, so, yeah, so you had internal springs and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, when I think back now to, um, you know, the apprenticeship that I had, which was then obviously teaching me how to wipe lead joints, to the apprentices, I've got an apprentice of my own, and he's learning how to, use plastic pipe plastic fittings and, and press fit which is obviously a lot easier but obviously you know it's great i think it's great for the industry that times change and everything's obviously got along along for the easiest i mean when i was at college it was all very um the, the thing that cost the most money would be uh the pipe and the fittings and that kind of stuff whereas yeah. now it's totally changed and the labor side of stuff is like way more expensive than anything else yeah so like you know, anything that can save you a bit of time now is saving you a lot of money because you're obviously, you know, putting that against the uh, the labour costs. Yeah, no, I de I de definitely. You know, even even in the two decades that I've been in the industry, the yeah. the change I've seen has been, you know, massive. So I, I can't imagine the the difference between forty years ago and today. Um, so. Obviously, you, you you did your apprenticeship and you and you worked. You gained your your skill, so to speak. So, what what was the what was the decision to go out on your own? What what, what made you do that? Well, I think it's, it was all down to money back in those days, and it was like um, we used to do contracting. So, all I was doing every week was fitting central heating. So, I'd go and fit a central heating, uh, finish that one, and go and fit another one. And so, we used. To, I mean. As a rule, I would fit two central heatings a week on my own, um, but they were the different. It wasn't a combi boiler then. It was a boiler, a cylinder, a tank, S-plan, all the radiators. You know, the radiators weren't as, as as easy as they are now. And so, yeah, that's what I was doing back in those days. So I worked for about five or six different companies doing that. So you used to just get paid um, per job. So the quicker you got it done, the more money you earned. Yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, this is something I've always wanted to be my own boss. So I know I'll, this is what I'll do. I shall go and I will, um, I'll be my own boss. And that's what I did. So, yes, I mean, although I think I've, I think I was, I was employed for about five years. So I've probably been self-employed now for 37 years. Wow. <laughs> so I bet you've seen so, some change in that, on that front as well then. with Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I think that like, like we've talked about before in, in the past, and I've talked to you on many occasions about yeah. different stuff because we always, what we try and do um, is make life easier and better and quicker and nicer for the guys coming through now um, because, you know, they, they're the ones that are, oh, oops, paper mail, no one there, trying to hold this up. 
<laughs> but now, the, uh, what we're trying to the, do... the interview, you know, just so everyone is aware, you know, Andy's a working working guy. He's on a job. He's taking time out of his working day to do this. So he's uh, at the moment. I'm going to share a little inside secret here. We duct taped his phone to the steering oh, wheel, and I, I can't I, believe it. I can sense a little <laughs> malfunction happening right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what's happened. What's really fun that is because it's red hot. It's melted the glue and it's falling off so i'll hold it now so we'll be all right we'll get there just we'll get there. improvisation which is what we have to do many times as a plumber exactly do you know it's a, it's a fundamental skill to be able to think on your feet and just get get through it isn't it it is i mean like a lot of people because obviously we do a lot on social media which we'll come on to in a bit but a lot of people ask me about running a business and it's like are these people like you that help people run businesses and show them how to do stuff because as a tradesperson or as any person, you always think, oh, I'm going to go off and I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to get all the money myself. I'm not going to have to share the money with anyone else. It's going to be great and I'm going to be loaded. I'll have as many days off as I want. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Now, out of all that, the only thing that you can do when you're self-employed is do whatever you want, whenever you want. But if you don't do anything, you ain't getting any money. So always put that into perspective. And I always say it's easy to be a tradesman and we all – you know, I think you find a lot of people who are good tradesmen think I'm going to work for myself, but nobody teaches you how to run a business successfully. So it's very easy to be a tradesman. And then, I mean, I remember when I first set off, I thought, oh, I've got all this work in front of me. And because I'd been working at the weekends for myself, it ended up where I'd got loads of work in. I thought it's going to be great. This after three weeks, all the work had ran out. And I was like, oh, I never thought about uh, the continuation of work or, yeah buying materials and you know keeping a track of where i've been what i've done um invoicing tax per all that kind of stuff that you just that somebody else used to do for you when you worked for someone else and you just got a wage it's like a total different story now isn't it it's like a, yeah, a nightmare hands down and, and you've just given the example of so many you know i i call it the success trap it's where yeah. you're good at your job you know, whatever trade that might be, plumbing, heating, electrics, bricklaying, carpentry, you know, whatever it is, you get to the point where you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're a master at that. Yeah, so yeah. you just fall into the trap of going, well, I'm going to go out on my own. But you forget that you spent three to five years, you know, honing that master status within your trade to then yeah. start a business with pretty much, you know, I'd say 99% of tradespeople start a business just because they're good at the job and they're busy you know they've had no sort of training or guidance or mentorship um and that's partly you know sort of the event that we're putting on today you know we've got speakers from industry yeah. experts to business experts you know coaches mentors we, we you know that was the whole point was to sort of start to bring to the industry knowledge and and information that if you're interested in, you know, you've got somewhere to go and get it from because yeah. the big battle for me back in the day when I sort of realized, oh, I'm a rabbit in a headlights here was, yeah. well, where do I go? Who do I ask? Do you know, yeah, like, yeah. like we yeah. always had, I don't, I don't know about you, but like technically, you know, I always had a support system when I was on the tools, you know, if I had a problem, I could ring my old boss. I could ring the the, the guys from the local merchants, you know, for, to ask technical questions, yeah. and, you know, overcome yeah. problems. But I could never find somewhere for, for for that for business, which sort of prompted me into what I do now, really. Um, 
So with your with your actual business, do you know, is it just you? Do you know what's what's been what's been the journey? I think you said uh, 1990. So well, so I, how's that progressed? I started. Uh, there was two of us. I had a partner back in those days, and I think we started Cozy on probably in the late 80s. Um, so maybe 88. I think I, I think it goes back. But then I um, he he went off working um, for himself, and he's done really well out of it. To be honest, I'm still friends with him, Keith. I met him at college when I was 16. Um, we work together. We're both hardworking guys. He's done really well for himself, and he's got. Um, he was the guys, one of them that used to do all the flats and and the big stuff. Whereas I always shied away from that because I didn't want to get ripped off. And he, he got ripped off a couple of times, and I, and I just thought I don't really want that. So I ended up at my height. I think I had seven guys working for me and me, and I found that I went home, and I remember going home and saying to my wife, "I've created a job." in my own business that I don't want. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be that person that has to, you know, wipe his bum, then go and mop his mess up and then do something else. And then they were all moaning about jobs and how come he's got a better job than me and I don't want this and he's, he earns a pound more than me. And, and you know what? I just I, I think I did it for about six, six months, 12 months. And I just went, I can't be doing this. So I went in and uh, I got rid of everybody. And so there was, I went down to, Three of us, and I, there were three of us for possibly 15 years. And then just before the pandemic, the guys I had working for me, one I'd had for about five years, and Luke was another good apprentice that came right through from being 16. I'd had him about 15 years, something like that. And they said they wanted to go on their own, and that was the February before the pandemic, um, which was lucky for me because obviously we didn't know the pandemic was going to come up and turn, you know, be a nightmare. Um, so they went off on their own, um, and then obviously the, the pandemic came. Um, so when they were going on their own, I was thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to be on my own. I, oh, my God, I, I don't know what to do. And i tell you what, it's been nearly, what, coming up to two years. It's been the best two years I've ever had. Because Really, yeah? Yeah, because I, I, what I don't need, what I don't now, I've got an apprentice now, uh, a guy who comes in and helps me. He's, uh, he's at college one and a half days a week. So he's 36, so he's a you know, he's obviously um an older apprentice. Yeah. Um and he's he's doing really well. He's a good lad. You don't have to teach him how to work. It's, he's got the ethics and all that kind of stuff. He's got it. He's he's in his second year now of, as a as apprenticeship. Um and he's a good lad, yeah. So he's he's a really good lad. And so I what I want to do is do things like um a lot of my social media stuff is in the week. So sometimes people might want you to go to do a video somewhere. Uh, they might want you to go to uh, an exhibition or they might want you to go um, to their uh, manufacturer. They might want you to go and, and look around there um, where they make stuff. And so if I've got other people to organise all the time and then I've also got to get to these places, I find it right stressful. So because I can run my own business all just by myself with me, it's so much easier. It's like somebody taking a big weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that and sort of been through that myself as well. So I think it's a very common thread that, you know, you feel that bigger's better when yeah. in reality, you know, everyone's different, of course, you know, and fundamentally it you've got to be happy and content in yourself, you know, and, and it sounds like you found uh, a spot, you know, where everything works for you, you know, like you, you can you still get to do the work. Uh, but you get time to do the other side of your life, which we're going to sort of move on to now, if you're ready to go into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so social like, media, when, yeah, what, 
um, what's the question I'm trying to ask you without being a, a little bit rude? You know, if you've been in the industry 40 odd years, you know, you're you're of the older generation, so, so to speak. I hope I've put that politely, Mr. Very Andy kind. It's a lot better um, than saying, how did you get into it, your old git? Basically, that's the question. Yeah, basically, that was the question. How did you get into it, you old git? <laughs> well, basically, you know, like we we're talking about, um, you know, joining a, a joining something that's going to teach you how to run a business. Yeah. Well, I think you've got Craig on here. He's the EBA, um, the Elite Business Academy. And I went to join that. Um, I used to do all his plumbing. He was uh, he used to do a lot of uh, loft conversions. So I used to work for him all the time. And he came and he said one day, Andy, I've got this idea for this uh, business networking event. What do you think? I said, it's a great idea and I will help you out without, with no problem, but I'm not putting any money in. <laughs> but <laughs> Typical Yorkshireman. That's it. Well, he's great and he's really good and he's done really well and he'll show he'll be able to teach you about that because I think he's on here anyway. Yes, he so, is. He's on another another episode. Yeah, yeah, and and he's well worth listening to. I mean, I went down and I listened to him, um, and he'd what? To be honest with you, he'll tell it your own self. But basically, he went through a real sticky patch with his business where he was robbing Peter to pay Paul. It was a nightmare. He'd got he'd got about fifty people working and it was just a nightmare for him. And he ended up getting a business coach to come in and teach him how to run a business properly like you do and like there are other people out there that do this kind of stuff i would say to people if you want to learn how to do it properly listen to somebody who's done it and so he 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 set this thing up and then he, he said to me andy this is nine years ago he went andy you need to get on twitter i went i ain't bothered about twitter he went no you really want to go on twitter i said i don't care what next door dog what next door's dog has had for his dinner i don't care and he went no it's not like that it's for business and i went well he said, right, pass me your phone. So I gave him my telephone and he set it up and he went, right, you're on Twitter now. You're cozy, warm plumber. Right. Said, okay. So I said, well, what do I do? He said, do videos. I said, well, nobody does videos. He said, do videos as that's the king of everything on this, this, on this format. Videos are everything. So the first video, I said, what do I do? He said, well, just do a video at work. And I'm like, so I always try and have a bit of fun at work because I think sometimes life's too boring to just, be boring all the time be serious so i went to this job and i was working i was doing um a conversion a seller conversion so we were digging it down and i was putting all the plumbing in so i was drilling through the joists to put some plastic pipes through and all the wood shavings were all going in my hair all down my shirt and i looked at the guy and i was videoing it and i went people ask me they say andy have you got dandruff and i said no i've just been drilling through these in joists all the time and that's why i love plumbing all right. And that's the first ever video I ever did. And that's where the Isle of Plumbing thing came uh, to fruition. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and so I ended up where I put that onto Twitter, thought nothing else of it. Just thought, well, it's a, it's going to be our video that goes out there. Anyway, within, I don't know, maybe two or three hours, I had loads of people going, fantastic, Andy, that was really funny. When are you doing the next video? And I was like, these people need to get out more. Don't they? These people aren't, you know, it's like, so... I then started doing videos that were funny for people, i.e., you know, like at, at lunchtime, break time, if you're working on your own, a lot of people pick the phones up, have a quick look at what's going off. There's a lot of people doing videos and that now, but what I was trying to do is make it so that the people who are working on your own, it can get boring. So if you're looking at somebody else who's having a bit of a laugh, it makes you feel a little yeah. bit better. And that's what, in the, the original um 
social media for me, that's what it was about. Showing people that you can have a laugh, you know, no matter how old you are, you can have a laugh on building sites. But like I said earlier, labor is very, very expensive now. So a lot of times you can't have a laugh because people don't want you to be doing that. They want you to see you working, don't they? So building sites for me have always been a little bit about having a bit of fun, you know, with your other tradesmen, people in your trade, you know, bricklayers, electricians, whatever, you, you know, have a bit of a giggle with them. And that's what I set out to do. And then from sort of nine years ago to what's happened now, it ends up where, you know, you end up, um, you can have a big, um, they call people influencers, but he's, he's having an influence on other people. And I don't like to be called an influencer because I'm not trying to show people, I'm not trying to make people use something they don't want. All I ever try and do is, I, my motto is, if I can help you get home earlier, earn extra pound an hour, do a job a little bit quicker and make it easier for you. That's what I'm, that's me. That's what I want yeah. to do. And so I do get approached by companies who want you to work for them. Um, and I do work for quite a lot of companies, but I only ever work for the companies that I would use or I do use, or I think is a good fix for the people that will watch what I do. And so, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to be, um, you know, to, to go around these places. And, and the other good thing I find about it is that, it, that, people will come to you with new ideas, you know, and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Or maybe you should think of such and such, you know, these, a lot of people who invent things are very much like the people we were talking about earlier, who I've got a fabulous idea. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. And then, oh, how do I patent this? Where should I go with this? I need this plastic thing making. What should I do with that? So the good thing about me now is that I know a lot of the big companies. So I can, if somebody does come up with a fabulous idea, they come to me and I'll go, ah, I know where to put you. You can go and see. Da, 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 da. And it's amazing how many people you can help by just knowing other people. Yeah. Um, so so for me, that's 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 sort of the social media. So this is why that's why the old git got into social media. <laughs> well, that I ne I never knew that story. So thank you very much for sharing it. Um <laughs> on the social media, then obviously, you know, every year there's a fresh bunch of uh, men and women, you know trying to make a name for themselves in the industry and get out there. Is there yep. any specific bit of advice you would give them, do you know, if they're yeah, trying to get, think, get their name out there a little bit and, and start to make some waves? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of people um, that have come on over the last two years. Um, and I think that because I think that when I first started doing videos, it was like everybody was scared to do videos. They were like a little bit like taboo. Ooh. And I remember doing videos myself and taking 20 and 30 attempts to do a video because I was never happy with the way I looked or how I sounded or whatever. Whereas now I don't care. I just, it's, it's like, um, I want to be true to me. I want to show people exactly who I am, what I do. And it seems to be working all right because, um, I think that the people who are false get caught out. They, ca they catch themselves out. You know, it's like, it's like people who are very good at lying would never make very good spies. It's like, so what I would always say to, to people, you know, the younger or they might be older people, I don't know, find a niche, right? Find a way of doing something or getting a message out there that is different to what other people are doing. Yeah. And I've always, I've always asked the people who asked me to work for them. And I always say, why, why do you ask me? Because there are other people out there. There's loads of people out there now, you know, uh, plumbers, like whatever, whatever it's tool manufacturers. And I always think, why would they ask me? And, and everybody says exactly the same. And that's because you're you and you are not trying to be anybody else. And I think... Yeah. I, I, I that would is, echo that. You, you, yeah. you are 
genuine, you, you know, eh, eh, you, you come across, it just oozes out of you, you know, um, gen, like you're just genuine, you know, you can, you can just spot people that aren't and, and you can spot people that are. And, and yeah. that's sort of the, how I first sort of got to, to hear about you was, you know, saw a few videos and, and I thought, oh, this, uh, but you, you mix it in, you mix in some great humor as well. Um, I think that I, I like to do that because I, I'm, I am that kind of person. I think that somebody once said to me, what would you like to have done if you weren't a plumber? And I said, I would have loved to have been a stand-up comedian, but I can't make people laugh. I'm like, I can't, I haven't got that timing and I can't remember the jokes quick enough, but I, what I can do is do silly things that'll make people laugh. So yeah. I think that that's, that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing what I'd, you know, I'd like to have my own show, just doing silly things and stuff like that. But that's not going to happen, is it? But <laughs> you never know. <laughs> no, I don't. You, you, I, I heard you were the in the top ten sexiest men in Sheffield, weren't you? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just thought I'd give you the accolade. You know, it was actually the brother top, like top myself. Five, mate, it was the top five. Uh, <laughs> um. So that you know that so. I think what I got from that was, you know, be genuine, you know, be yourself yeah, and yeah. try and do something a little bit different to, you know, to everybody yeah, else. And also try and, if you can get across there, um, a way of helping people, um, because, yeah. you know, I, I talk to a lot of people all over the world. It's amazing how, many, how you can talk to people in Africa, you can talk to people in Australia, New Zealand, America, Canada, wherever it is. And you, when you're a plumber or in the building trade, a lot of people are very similar. You know, we are very similar. You, you, I mean, I come to talk to you, and we just got we got on like house on fire, as yeah. if we would been chatting for for years. And it's because you've all got that common background, isn't it? And I think that's what it is. Um, I mean, the funny thing for me, I've done two things that have made me laugh. Is like wherever you go, you'll always find somebody who, who knows you off social media. So uh, a couple of years ago, when you could go abroad, I went over to Jamaica. I got on a cruise ship and we were going to sail around South America. So the first day we're on the boat, I was there with my little girl and my missus, and we're walking up these stairs in this fabulous cruise ship, absolutely gorgeous. And there were this man and his wife walked down. And as he got to the side of me, he went, excuse me, mate. I went, yeah. He went, are you a plumber? I went, yeah. He said, I follow you on Instagram. I just walked off. So I was laughing, thinking I'm the other side of the world and somebody knows who I am. And then to top all that off, it was like... Uh, I was I was in Morrison's and I was I was just going shopping. So I'd gone in the back of the car, got my bags out, and I was walking in Morrison's car park across a crossing. I was going one way. There was one guy coming the other way, didn't know who he was, never seen him before. As he got to the side of me, he whispered, and that's why I love plumbing. And <laughs> it took me about five minutes to stop laughing. And I was thinking, what have I what have I created this what I love plumbing thing? And it just it made me laugh. Uh, that that you can get to see so many different people, and and again, like we've said, we both do it. If you can help someone, why yeah. not? You know, yeah. Do you know, if, if you've, if yeah, helping for me, helping people was the driving factor for what I do. I now. can see that. I, I uh, see. I know that, don't I? That's probably yeah. why we get on well. Yeah, ex exactly. And 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 I think you nailed it when you said about the, you know, that common ground. You know, yeah. like. We, we know what it's like, you know, to have problems at jobs or to have nightmare customers or nightmare staff or whatever it might be. You know, there's a lot of shared experiences, although it might be in, across the country or across the world. Yeah, yeah, the experiences yeah. are people are people at the end of the day, aren't they? And and it yeah. doesn't matter where, where they come from. 
So you're also, one thing we haven't spoke about yet is that you're a radio host now as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was funny because maybe uh, two years ago, I got a phone call off a guy and he said, oh, uh, hello, Andy, Uh, I've seen your stuff on social media and I want you to come for, um, you know, I want you to come across and have an interview for a job. And I was like, I've been self-employed for 35 years. I ain't, don't need an interview. I'll, I'll just wait for myself. I thought it was one of the lads who'd got somebody to ring me up. <laughs> so I'm like taking the mickey out of this guy. And then I realise, like after five or 10 minutes, that it is a real person. And that, you know, so it's got some guys on motorbike. Um, yes. Yeah, so it is a real person. And he said that he wants me to go to London. So I've gone down to London and I've done a, like a show. Just a, just a, like a, thanks, really nice. Uh, Parks aside, yeah. So yeah, so um, I've gone down to London. I've done the interview, and he said, he says, well, to be honest with you, I've got two other people. He said, but you were very good. I said, oh, all right, thank you. And off I went. And a couple of weeks later, he phoned me and said, yeah, you've got the job if you want it. So I was like, do I really want this job? I've got to go to London every week, and I've got to do it live in London in a studio with the cans on, doing all the buttons and everything. And it's live, you know. What I've used to be doing is videos. If I don't like it, just wipe it off and do another yeah. one. I can't do that now. I'm live. So I'm now, I remember going down in January a couple of years ago um, and doing the first one. And honestly, I was dying. I was absolutely dying. Uh, and then and then after two minutes, it seemed to go like, whoosh, and it had gone. And, and you were like, oh, it was actually quite easy. And then I got on to uh, interviewing people, a bit like what we're doing, just chatting. And uh, yeah. I got the first guy I got down there was a kid called Dave Smith, uh, Condensate Pro, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I know Dave. So we were in the studio, we've got the cans on, he's sat on one thing, I'm here, my producer's there, I've got all the buttons, the music's going, we've got timings down, it's like proper Apollo, you know, <laughs> NASA <laughs> stuff. So we there, we're, anyway, we did the first five-minute uh, session, and he was talking like this. He was talking really fast because he wanted to get everything out as fast as he could. Do you know what? Because sometimes that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. So it finished and we went on to a bit of music. And I said, right, you've got to slow down, Dave. I said, it's far too fast. The people won't understand what you're saying. And I said, and the, the music that was on was uh, Bad Manners, Lipo Fatty. Lipo Fatty, that one. I said, right. I said, stand up. So he stood up. I went, come on then. So me and him started dancing to Lipo Fatty, right? So we're dancing to this record, and then the producer went, Andy, I went, look around, yeah? He went, five seconds, four, three, and we were back on again. So then we had to sit back down again. And So everybody that came then, Hattie Hassan, uh, she came, she's got an MBE. I've had Pimlico plumbers and all that. I've had loads and loads of different people on. And what I've done, every time anybody comes, I make them dance. I make them dance in between, <laughs> in between the sessions. And we have a right laugh, to be fair, It's and it is quite... It's tongue in cheek. There's nothing serious. A bit like what we're doing. It's uh, you know, if you can have a bit of a laugh, great. And and I find that that's the best way of getting stuff out of people is by talking to them like the mate. You know. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. You know, and 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 I'm hoping that that transpires in in here. This is like a, just a conversation, isn't it, between yeah. two two guys that that you know just talking about the the industry and that. Um, yeah. So, like with with the fixed radio, obviously, and the social media, and your 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 day to day, you know, cozy warm plumbers. You know, do, is there is there any other time that do you get much time down downtime to sort of detach from all of all of the commitments? Yeah, that you have? It's, to be honest with you, um, it's like 
before my missus used to be like, you're always on your telephone. You're always on that phone. And I used to be, I, I was trying to explain to her that I was trying to build something that was going to be worthwhile. But when you're, when every spare minute that you're not working, or even when you're working, it's spent on your phone fiddling, videoing, doing videos, finding other things out, finding stuff out, being doing this, doing that, chatting to people, it becomes, it can take over. It can take over your life. Um, and so I've always been of the uh, opinion of, I've got my life. I've got all my friends. I've got some really good friends that I went to school with. So I've known them for 50 odd years. And it's like, we always go out. We always have a laugh. We always keep, you know, I know that um, on the back of anything, if anything went wrong, I could ring them up and I could get help. And they're the same with them. Uh, but I always find that social media is like having real friends, but on acid. Because there's thousands of people. And a lot of them think that they know you personally. Because they've seen you on videos. And I always yeah. think, I wonder what it must be like, you know, to be a soap uh, star or a pop star or something like that. I think it must be like a bit of a nightmare, really, because that's, they've got to be seen to be nice all the time, haven't they? You know, yeah. and if you're not, and I'll get people who come up to me at exhibitions and they go, hello, my name's Dave, I'm blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm trying to think who they are. And if you've got 80,000 followers, you can't know everybody. And yeah. when Dave's come up and I, if he's talked to you before, he might have just sent you a few messages. I've never seen his face. He might be a Lego man on his profile picture. He might be a Lego man. And I'm like, you don't look anything like Lego man, you know? And so sometimes it's difficult to, it's difficult to be friends with everybody, isn't it? But you've got yeah. to be seen to be friends with everybody. And I, I do want to be friends with everybody. No, I'm not, there's, there's a few people on social media that you can't get on with everybody and you can't like everybody all the time. And not everybody can like you. And, yeah. and I get that. It's not a problem. But I always say it's a bit like a television. If something you don't like, then just switch it off. Switch off. And that's it. Don't get in a fight with them. Don't tell them they're wrong. Don't try and prove that you know more than them. Just get on and have a, have a laugh and help, try and help each other. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I would, I would hundred percent agree on that. You know, it, it just scroll on by is what I call it. You know, if, if, if it's not what you want to see, listen to, or agree with, just, just move on and, uh, and crack on with it. But you, you, you always seem to have a good smile on your face. So, do you? Are, are you just, you know, you're just content and happy, or do you yeah, work I'm on that area of your life at all? I am naturally a happy person, and I've never. I've never been depressive or, you know, feel like, yeah, lots of things have happened to me in my life where, you know, horrendous things have happened to me. And, you know, my mum and dad died when I was young. And, you know, you're like, but um, I always try and put a brave face on for everything and everybody. And also, I do things like people might not see out there, but I do stuff like maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I put on there, if you're feeling depressed, it was before all the depression and health and talk to people. Give me a ring. Give me a ring. And I put my telephone number on. And I put my telephone number on. And I'll tell you what, up until I think I've still got one now, but I had three guys that used to ring me up, not every week, but every month. But once every couple of months, and I'd just chat to them, and they'd be like, oh, I'm not having a good, good time. And I used to just try and bring them out of what they bad bits and talk about other things, you know, and try and get them. And, and they always used to... When we finished the conversation, you know, thanks, Andy. Cheers, mate. And I always be like, great, no problem. It took me 20 minutes, 25 minutes out of my day to try and be nice to people. And yeah. it's, uh, I don't know, I think that if you are a happy-go-lucky person like I am, 
then it must be, I don't, I can't understand what it must be like to be on the other side. Now, it must be a really dark, horrible place to be. And if there's somebody that you can have a chat to, so be it. Great. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I agree with that as well, because, you know, it seems to be getting more and more people. I, th- I think social media and phones and stuff all plays that part in in, 100%. in that because you, you, you're seeing all the glamorous, you know, yeah. great stuff and, 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 and like <laughs> life isn't like that in, in real, real reality, is it? No, it's not. It's like uh, a lot of people, put, I mean, they, you know, they do the powder photographs to make themselves look better. Everything's always great, isn't it? And I can always see the other people who are like, well, my life's not like that. So it's, it's, there must be something wrong with me if I'm not like that. Uh, and so it's, I don't know, there's a lot of people who they don't lie about stuff. They just want everybody to think they're, that they're okay. And I mean, like most people want other people to think that they're okay, don't they? Most people. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so what's next for Andy Cam then? And uh, Cozy well, World Plumbing and the I Love uh, I Love Plumbing movement. Is is there any big plans? Yeah, or? well, I've heard I've heard that Bradley Walsh is now shitting himself because I've got my own radio station and I'm coming for the game shows. The chase, you you would be a natural <laughs> on the chase. You've got to go for it. <laughs> no, mate, I, I don't know. It's um I get uh, a lot of people who want me to um, help them out with new concepts and stuff like that. And I find that sort of, that for me is like my thing that drives me. I like to yeah. see new things. I like to show other people new things. So if somebody's got a new tool or, I don't know, Thomas Dudley or McAlpine have got this fabulous new thing they've invented, I want to show other people how easy it is to use and how it can help them. Uh, in their business to save time, money, and effort. And I think that's all it's really for me. If I can save you time, money, and effort, I, I want to do that. And if I can, that's where I, that's my real forte. That's what I yeah. really enjoy doing. And that's, and that is it. I mean, I know it sounds sad, but that is. No, what I, no, I no, like that's fantastic. <laughs> so, so just, m- yeah, just more, more of, more of what you're doing and, and, you know, just get, get, getting more messages out there and help to help yeah, support for people. It is. And it's interesting. And you get to meet, I think the difference is that um, as a, a plumber and as my own business, you get to meet a lot of salesmen, don't you? You might, you might meet the sales director, that kind of stuff. Whereas, the people I'm dealing with now are massive, big, big, massive, multi-million pound companies. And I know and knock about with the directors or the guys who own them. Yeah. And it's, and, and I used to think that they were like, well, above me, I, I can't even, even, I wouldn't even be able to look at one of them. They're just people like us. They are just ordinary blokes, just like us. You can go out and have a laugh with them, um, have a giggle. Um, I mean, I remember uh, one little story where I was at Fex and I was working with Thomas Dudley. And so there were two of the main guys from Thomas Dudley. They, they're not really my background, but I get on with them. We have a laugh. And they've obviously been to university. They've, you know, they've excelled at what they do. And they are, we're working on this stand, right? So I said to him, right, what we're going to do this time is if they walk past the stand and you get them to come to the stand, you get one point, right? If they walk past you and I get them to come to the stand, They've gone past you and I've got them. That's two points. If they walk past the stand and you get them to come back, that's three points. So we were playing this game and it's like, I've got these two guys who are like directors of this company competing with me about how who can get the most points of this thing. And we were peeing ourselves laughing because it was just so funny. And then 
the next year we went and they were like, right, Andy, what are we doing this time? And I'm like, oh, I said, I know what we'll do. We'll do a traffic light system. He says, what do you mean? I said, right, you've got to talk to somebody with green clothes on, either a top or trousers, amber clothes on top, and then red, right? And we're doing that on a point system. So I set about doing all this kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, we were having a bit of a laugh about it. And I went, yeah. I said, but have you got proof? No, they went, no. So I got my phone out and I just went click, 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 click. And I've got pictures of traffic light people all the way through the day of me chatting to them and then taking selfies with them. And it was just a real laugh. But obviously you can, sometimes it can get a little bit monotonous and boring, can't it, doing the same thing. And I just think it's quite funny to just have a laugh with with the guys. It was good. Yeah, and I think that's been the common, the, the very common thread of this whole interview is that you just want to, you just want to have fun, you know, help people. Um, and it, it just comes across with everything that you've spoke about, you know, having a laugh, you know, and supporting other people seems to just be, you know, a very big part of who you are and what you do, which is just fantastic. There needs to be more people with that, with that ethos in life. Definitely. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. I always say, no. it doesn't, you know, and, and if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. Yeah. You know? If all you so want to be doing is, is evil, what, then don't be. One thing I forgot to sort of ask you about is obviously, obviously t- this whole event is raising money for help for heroes. But yes. I know you. I know that you have done and do charity work, you know, as well. Is it? it can you just share a bit of bit of information about you know yeah, some of the things uh, that you've been involved with? I've done a, I've done a few um, cancer charity events where I've um, I think I I rode no I I, I row I went about row yeah about twenty six miles uh, for charity and then I, I pedaled a hundred miles for charity as well but apart from that these are what we're talking about and what you think you're talking about is the charity installs so yeah what we do is we find a worthy customer or recipient um, and they're usually something like food kitchens or um, you know, like a soup kitchen, food kitchens, community centres, um, things like that, that what we do is uh, we'll find them, the needy customer, they've got no money, they've got no heating, and then what we do is we'll beg, steal and borrow the pipe, the fittings, the boiler, the radiators, and then we'll, um, or because we've got big followings on social media, we'll ask people to come to a certain event, and then we will allocate them jobs. So usually, when all the ones I've been on, we turn up without half past seven, wherever it is in the country, we start half past seven and usually finish by two or three o'clock. By that time, you're fitted a full central heating, maybe eight, 12, 14, 16 rads, and you've got the job done. The customer's got the full heating done. They haven't had to pay anything, and we've been there and done it. And the last one we did um, was in Woking, um, and that was a right laugh because we turned up. I think there were about 18 of us there, and we had a right laugh. Throughout the day, it was the right laugh. We had a guy called Mandeep uh he came and he he'd cooked a curry the night before and he brought it down and fed us all. And oh. so it was a it was a lovely day and the food was great. The, we had a right laugh. I think I set off at about quarter past three in the morning and I got home about seven at night. Um, because obviously a long way from where I live. Yeah. And it was a right laugh. It was great. And we had a, it was a real good giggle. Uh, the one before that was at Chesterfield, uh Lowsley Green Community Centre. Um, and I I'd asked people to come and help us. I'd got all the stuff there. We've got the dates. I've got people who said they were coming, and I had a few people drop out last minute, and you're thinking, oh, no. And I was thinking, I'm going to end up fitting all this by myself because nobody's going to turn up. You know, I have nightmares. I didn't sleep the night before. And then we got there, 
and there were 45 plumbers turned up from all over the country, right? So we'd even, we've got plumbers passing other plumbers tools to pass other plumbers. You know, it was like, it was a right laugh and, uh, and it was good. And I think that to make it all, to put it into perspective of why we do it, is, yeah, I don't have a lot of money to give people, but I've got, you know, my knowledge. I've got a day, you know, sometimes it takes the person who organises it us is like three or four days, but it's a great thing to do. You feel really good at the end of it. And I was at Liverpool. We did one in Liverpool. And um, I remember we were finishing the job off. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd been there, like I said, since about six. We set off about five. And I was going to the van to get some of the last fittings just to finish the job. And um, there were there was like 20 vans on this road, all parked outside the community centre. And we were all in there working. And a guy was walking down with his wife. And he went, all right, mate. He says, uh, do you want to buy a van? So I was like, I said, yeah, can I have that transit van? I said, because I've only got this old Toyota. I said, I prefer that one. And he went, what are you doing in there? Sorry about my crappy accent. I'll, <laughs> I'll pack it in now. And I, I said, uh, I explained to him what we were doing. And you know what? A little tear came in his eye and he put his hand out like that. And he shook my hand. He said, I only live across the road. Oh, sorry. He says, I only live across the road there. <laughs> and that's going to make a right difference now. So what? He didn't have quite a high-pitched voice like that. He said, but that is going to make such a difference to uh, the community where I live. He said, thanks ever so much. And that made it worthwhile for me, all yeah. the extra hard work, effort, setting off early, getting up, your diesel, all that kind of stuff. It made it worthwhile doing. And uh, and that's why we do it. Oh, that sounds, sounds absolutely fantastic, man. To get that many people, you know, to, to be involved yeah. and give up their time and expertise. Is, it, it, that's, you know, that's it, it, you can't help but smile, can you? You know, knowing that, there's people out there that are doing this for needy causes, which is just fantastic. Um, on on that note, yeah, uh, if people want to learn more about you or follow you, or maybe hopefully maybe want to offer help and stuff on other other charity things like this, where's the best place for them to you know find out a bit more about Andy? I'm on Twitter on I Love Plumbing. Uh, if you look through anything what says I Love Plumbing on it's usually me. So that's Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. LinkedIn, or it's Andy Camp, uh, Cozy Warm Plumber. But also, we do a lot of things, uh, Warriors of Warmth. That's one of the things that we work for. That's a charity. Um, so, yeah, so any any of those, if you want to get in touch with us, that'd be great. And we, uh, oh, um, excellent. So, excellent. Yeah. So, I'm going to just close the interview on one yeah, last no. question. On yeah. And basically, it would be if you had to give one bit of advice, you know, from your 40 plus years of experience it can be a life a bit of advice a business advice a technical bit of advice what what would the one bit of advice be you you would like to pass on to you know other people that are that are in the industries never give up so you'll get a lot of people who doubt you and a lot of people who work for other people if you're self-employed and you want to be self-employed stick at it um and keep training always always train i'm still training now and i'm 58 years old and the reason why I'm training is because I want to make myself better and I want to be able to help other people out if I can. So I, my bit of advice for you would be don't be a quitter. You know, don't don't let the other people drag you down to their level. Um, and if they do, you know, sometimes are you knocking about with the right people? Sometimes you get to the stage where you think, I'm really knocking about with the right people because all they want to do is pull people down. And I don't want to be like that. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say never quit and keep going and your dream will come true, I promise. 
Excellent. Well, this is a fantastic way to end the interview. Um, if you haven't already, please head over to the donate page so you can um, help us in raising our target for help for heroes. Again, Andy, you know, we could have sat here for another two hours, you know, chatting away. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you at the Tro Trades Growth Summit. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you soon, Andy. Thanks again. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having us on. Cheers, mate. See you Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I just wanted to pull it out there for anyone listening that I offer business coaching, but also life coaching. My life is centered around something called the three B's, which stands for body, business, and balance. When you work with me as a coach, we tackle all three aspects of life. So you as an individual, body, mindset, health, fitness, knowledge, education, business B obviously stands for your business, improving, maximizing opportunities, elevating, making more money. And balance stands for your for friends, family, loved ones, you know, making time for everything in your life. And the three B's is the core element to that. If you'd like to learn more, I would ask you to reach out to me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you might be consuming my information. Um, or you can email me directly at wayne at offthetools.co.uk. I'm here waiting to assist you to elevate across all aspects of life. Have a good one. No excuses. Let's go.